Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Pow. Always starts on eight seconds. That just seems to be a thing. Always waiting for it to start recording, like I've said before, and then bam, we've already been recording for eight seconds and you didn't know. Damn you, Skype. <laughs> um, we're doing, we're following up our Godzilla versus Godzilla episode with our Kong versus Kong. Not in a sense that, I don't know, we're not like comparing them, so to speak. We're just talking about the differences in these iconic characters that have been portrayed so many different ways and so many different times there's so many kong films and so we did peter jackson's king kong 2005 against kong skull island which is part of this new like monster verse which they've created culminating in the godzilla versus kong recently now i was uh, i was telling you dude that i actually hadn't watched king kong since seeing it in the cinema in 2005 so when i watched it recently i've pretty much forgotten everything <laughs> apart from the one um dancing scene by naomi watts in front of kong <laughs> that's what like, you remember that's, from for the some reason, that's the only thing that stuck in my head <laughs> everything else was fresh um and the one thing i realized is i think i feel I don't know, but this was Peter Jackson's first big thing after the success of Lord of the Rings. This was his, like, first next step. And, I mean, talking in 2005, looks like everything and anything was given to him to make this movie. Budget and talent. Talent aligning in this film. You got people when they were at big points in their career. You like Jamie Bell is in it obviously naomi watts is in it um who else we got big characters andy circus is obviously playing two roles he's kong and he's uh i forget the cook he's the cook on the ship isn't he yeah i mean he's one of the yeah one of the shipmates yeah yeah we got oh and adrian brody oscar winner by then on the oscar for the pianist jack black of course um You've so, also got, and I, you know, I feel very much so. I think maybe this was more the first time on a major aspect we get to see Jack Black in more of a serious role yeah. than what he was commonly known for leading up to this. You know, because he kind of he comes on our screens, Jack Black, as more of like a supporting character getting into, and now this is around his Natural Libre kind of era of films. So. Man, yeah. I don't know. Where, I mean, where do you? One thing I'll say about the King Kong movie before I mean, we'll talk about it, but it starts off very much classic. It's the classic King Kong story. Yeah. Very adventure esque 1930s. But gosh, as soon as they get to that island, this is the difference for me between King Kong and Kong Skull Island. The Skull Islander um, 
the King Kong movie is just relentless. I mean, I know you get aspects of that, of different creatures coming at them in Kong Skull Island, but I feel in the King Kong, Peter Jackson's Kong, oh my God, it's just... <laughs> It was like tiring at some point, and because obviously it's three hours long, so you're like, just leave them alone for five seconds. Could there be one, not one, like weird creature trying to eat someone? You know, it's funny because um, when Kong Skull Island came along, I loved like the islands and the you know, and we'll talk more about it um, in a bit, and just the the island setup and all the creatures. And then rewatching King Kong recently, you know, you kind of forget as to like how much creature feature there is in it. And actually there's a, a great deleted scene as well, where the, they find like a, a giant um, creature in a swamp as well, uh, which you can find on YouTube. And again, that's a very exciting scene in itself, which they kind of t- took out of the film. Um, Probably I mean, just the film, because of the length of the film. I was just going to say like it's three hours long. And, and, you know, I remember, you know, I'm always kind of like, you know, I always felt it was a shame to take that film, uh, that scene out of the film. But then when you watch the film, I mean, the time that they spend on the island, really, as you said, it is like completely relentless. That you know, Do they really need to have that scene in there as well? I don't think so, because, I mean, any of the, uh, the action parts, you know, once they kind of fill into the island and I mean, well, actually, to be honest, as soon as they land on the island and they, you know, encounter the, the people, you know, the people immediately start killing them, uh, you know, spearing them and beheading them. and um, all sorts that it, yeah it really does like take off um but yeah i mean you know the first part of, i mean for me king kong i mean i didn't think i watched it in the cinema the first time i watched it kind of at home and it was i remember it be you know it was a very long film like in terms of like the epicness of it it was it felt like one of those um and i think that's what peter jackson does so well because again i watched lord of the rings recently and it, it, it they have a very kind of classic epic feeling like king of kings and spartacus type of the old era old hollywood where you know there were thousands of extras kind of you know dressed up as romans or whatever like you know action and everyone like runs onto a field and it's like okay we got it you know um i mean it's just it's a huge production and i think this was like the most expensive film ever made at the time as well over 200 million dollars i was reading which is you know i wouldn't be surprised the amount of special effects yeah, uh, exactly, and the quality as well. I have to say, the special effects throughout the film hold up. You know, I mean, this is what two thousand and five, so you know, it's almost sixteen years old. And yeah, I mean, you know, there's nothing really which I kind of. I mean, I say there's nothing. There is, there is the the scene with the the dinosaur stampede, which. Oh yeah. I have to say, like the fact that they don't all get crushed right away was like, <laughs> you know. I mean, I think the CGI there was kind of a bit like, no, they'd definitely be dead right away. (laughs) And and then when they all fall over down the hill as well, I mean, there I was like, I mean, come on. Like, (laughs) like, "Ah, how how can that many of them survive that? And and the equipment as well, you know? (laughs) They've still got the camera going. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of, so the CGI, I mean, overall it holds up well, but there are some kind of more questionable things. But I think, you know, the way the, the creatures are designed, particularly Kong as well, very detailed, very real, very emotional. I mean, again, it was Andy Serkis dressing up as, as Kong and, and doing the, the similar kind of animatronic acting. Motion capture, in, yeah. Motion capture, stuff that he had done as Gollum. So, you know, and I mean... He's just a bloody great actor, Andy Serkis. You know, like he, he, you know, he's proven himself time and time again. Particularly, like 
in front of the camera and also, you know, in front of the uh, green screen or whatever, <laughs> you know, you want to say, but he's always so able to bring so much emotion to these, these um, creatures that it, it, you know, that was really a, a great thing about this kind of Kong portrayal, really, that he is, you know, even though it's this massive beast and, you know, on this island and, you know, which is wild and whatnot, he is, you know, it, it's very emotional. Um, and particularly, you know, once he starts his relationship or, or courtship of Naomi Watts's character. So it's, um, yeah, but, you know, like, I mean, for me, I, I always remember this film in kind of three main parts. Pre-island, island, post-island, right? That's you know? true. That is very true. It is very much, well, the thing that, that's where it takes that massive, and it's such a turn, isn't it, from before the island to getting to the island. And even when they first, like, they start seeing it and they get caught in this mist and yeah. you know, the way the sea is and everything, it doesn't look like that, like, oh, it's not that scary. It's just, you know, yeah. how they portrayed it. But then as soon as they get on with the natives, that stuff is freak. That is really intense, yeah. that native scene when they're first, where they, like, a couple of them get killed and they're, like, executing them on the rocks. I'm like, Jesus, I, I completely <laughs> forgot all this. This film has suddenly just, someone's turned the scale up to 11 and then boshed it further and broken the scale. <laughs> yeah, and, and also it slows like, down as well. So quickly, yeah. yeah that kind of slow point where they're, like, beheading them, you're like, oh, my God, this is, like, horrific, you know? And and actually, a lot, as you said, like, a lot of that stuff on the boat, you know, with uh, Naomi Watts' character, like, I, I think her name's Anne, um, it's very picturesque and idealistic because she, you know, she meets Adrian Brody's like the Driscoll character, who's the the you know the stage um, uh, the playwright, I should say, um, and who's writing the screenplay for the film, and you know all of that is very idealized, and she's there like oh you know kind of falling in love with him, and you know have been swept up in this opportunity, and it's all quite dreamlike in a way. And then, yeah, as soon as they get to the island, it just becomes a nightmare right away. You know, it's dark, it's scary. The people are very, very angry <laughs> that they're there um, yeah. and inhospitable. And then, oh, and what's that? It's, there's a massive wall that's stopping, you know, that's dividing between them and the jungle. I mean, I wonder what's in the, oh, my God, it's King Kong, you know. <laughs> just uh, so, yeah, it, I mean, it's very intense. And, uh, you know, particularly with that scene um, where they are kind of sacrificing her. Uh, and they're all but like, trancing before, out, you know. And before sacrificing her, you kind of get them. They get saved by the captain. Oh yeah. Get back to the boat, and then they the natives perform this like bungee esque pole jumping. Of course, yeah, yeah. Across yeah. all the rocks to like, and they like wipe out another few people. Just you see, just somebody smashed in on the floor, and you're just like, oh god. <laughs> there's literally no let up here at all until and then of course they take her to the sacrificing yeah, yeah. Um, which uh, reminded me very much of Indiana Jones I think maybe the Temple of Doom mm. you know where they chain um, Willie yeah her cat I can't remember Willie yes yeah and it's like lowering it down but it just yeah, 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 yeah. there's just something about that kind of when she was going out and you see her feet like she's trying to hold on dragging on the bamboo and, and you're just like this is not the film that it was, that yeah, it yeah, was yeah. Literally like 10 minutes ago like you said it was very like we're in 1930s like silver golden era of hollywood and everything's got this like um warm glowy tint to it 
in the way it's it's all very picturesque. It's all very Naomi Watts, blonde hair, bright blue eyes, sunrise coming over the ship and everything like that. Everything's glistening almost. Well, it's quite, and it's quite interesting as well because, I mean, it is also set in like, you know, the Depression era of America where it's like, you know, there is quite a lot of gloominess at the, in the start where, you know, you've got people picking up food out of, you know, trash cans and Jack Black, you know, like basically screwing over film producers for the money. And so you kind of start off dark and then as soon as you get like to the boat and everything, everything like picks up and, you know, even with you know, Naomi Watts' character that she was, you know, hungry and like a kind of, you know, poor actor, uh, actress. And then, you know, kind of, yeah, it goes quickly very much from like dark to light back to dark again. And yeah. then, but then even from the, you know, once she's in the jungle, it goes back to light. Cause once she starts befriending King Kong, I mean, that's kind of, it's like a little, you know, as you said, like the, the scene that you remember the most is her dancing in front of him. And that's because you probably remember that so much because it's so intense that people are dying and getting eaten and velociraptors and, you know, T-Rexes and stuff that, you know, that's like a, a nice, you know, kind of break that you get, you know, from, from all the intensity. So it's a, uh, yeah, probably a welcome break, you know. <laughs> I thought I could. Do you know what? I probably remember it most because the one thing I remember seeing the film in the cinema. I think it might be one of the first times that I'd ever been in the cinema and watched a film of that length, mm. of like three hour length. Was quite was not the norm by any means. You know, it's more so the norm of longer films now, but not in two thousand and five. Um, I understand you had like the Lord of the Rings films, which were quite long, but a lot of those extended cuts didn't come out until years later on DVD. But I think I remember that dancing scene almost because not for seeing it all the way through, but for that being the scene, maybe that half of the people in the, in the cinema were like toilet break because (laughs) it's not that we don't want to watch it, but it's just because we've been here and it's like hour and a half relentless. Nothing's let up. (laughs) And we know we've literally got to watch that same amount of time again. Yeah. I remember like half the people getting up and going, and Coming actually, back for when she's finishing her dancing, but and that's followed by quite an intense scene as well. When like you know, um, Kong wrestles the three T Rexes. Completely forgot about that. Completely yeah. forgot about that. And when so what, I. I realized that was one of the main things I think I remember seeing in the trailer. Yeah, it's it was so intense actually, and like and also the length of the battle is yeah. like. It just doesn't stop. And then, like, another T-Rex comes out. And then another one, you know. <laughs> it's like... Oh and then even when he knocks him off the side, they're still actually all alive. They're just caught in vines down the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a swinging and eating scene. <laughs> Almost like this comical, like, just T-Rex is swinging from one side to the other, like, jump, like, trying to, trying to eat her. So many times she nearly got eaten. It must have been, like, ten times just in that one fight scene. It kind of suits the time, doesn't it? Because it's almost like a Charlie Chaplin-esque like sketch of like, oh, you're almost about to swing into the dinosaur mouth, and then like, uh, you know, and then you get saved by this, and oh god, it was, yeah. I mean, it, I, I had forgotten as well, like just how lengthy and kind of intense it was, and then you know, kind of rewatching it, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it, it's a good like 15 minutes of like full-on CGI as well, um, you know, big scale. So you know, which goes to show, like as we. As, you know you were saying like they spared no expense when they were making this film i mean really like they kind of went all out um and yeah it just you know this just anything i I feel that you know it's quite funny because watching it like i feel that anything that they address in this film from like the start to the end has to be done in like the most epic way that it's like you know you can't just have um you know 
um, <laughs> you know, it's a, an island full of like, or with just King Kong. And actually, you know, the interesting thing as well in this film is that compared to Skull Island, Kong, whilst he is kind of the king of the island, I suppose he is King Kong. He's also like, I mean, the other beasts, you know, I mean, the, the T-Rexes and the, the Velociraptors and, the, you know, the other dinosaurs. I mean, there are all sorts of dinosaurs. The Triceratops, I think I saw, and, uh, you know, what, uh, what are the... Bronchiosaurus. Bronchiosaurus. Yeah, that it, it's... Yeah, that he, he's... You know, there's a lot of other impressive creatures on the island as well as him. Um, Just a bad. Yeah, and also the, all the giant bugs. I forgot about the giant bugs. Oh, bug my scene. God. Okay, that scene. That scene. <laughs> so the scene where we have them, they're all... They seem to find where Kong is, and they're all stuck on this, like, fallen tree, which is in between this gigantic trench. And it's the scene where we lose uh, the character who I've forgotten the name of, but it was very much the father figure to Jamie Bell's character. Um, he goes forth... Um, can't find his name at this point in time. But um, quite annoying. I quite liked his character. I was hoping we would kind of get more of him. But, I mean, I say more of him. He was still around for like an hour and a half or so, which is a normal <laughs> film length anyway. But, yeah, we kind of get them confront Kong. And this is this is where everything goes to... Uh, everything hits the fan. Because yeah. they, like, start shooting at Kong unprovoked. Um, and he, hey. like, shakes them... Huh? Hayes is his name. Hayes, that's yeah. it, Hayes. So Hayes' character confronts Kong. He gets thrown against the wall and taken yeah. out. A lot of them get sh shaken off this branch and they all end up in this trench. And then we don't think about them because I feel we go back to Naomi Watts' character and we go back away from whatever's happening. And then we come back to them and they're all waking up in this trench. I've completely forgotten about this scene. And I feel it's because of what this scene is. My mind's yeah. just like, delete, delete. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, uh, no thanks. Um, <laughs> it, pretty much every, every bug that's ever been kind of gross has got the has got the serum, has got the super yeah. serum. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's pretty happening. much, yeah. They've got them, yeah. Yeah, so oh, it makes you do that, like, shiver, internal oh. shiver watching it, because it's all the, like, crawling over everyone's bodies and oh. taking out... the ones people. on Adrian Brody on his face. Oh, on like, his face. Oh. But the ones that freaked me out, and... <laughs> this is my, my girlfriend said... This she was like, oh, my God, they're, like, penis monsters. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you have these weird, like... They're like grubs, almost. Yeah. Like, super-sized grubs that are all... Oh, honestly, it's so gross. And that's how the demise—that's how demise of Andy Circus comes, yeah, yeah. where they like they almost like start eating his arm. I looked away yeah. because I know what was coming next. They were going for the head. I yeah. had to look away. It was so gross. That whole and it went on. That scene just went on. I know. I, I kept went on. I, I thought he was going to get saved, and I was watching it like, oh, someone's going to come and chop it and free him, and then no, he just. Get sucked on by like all these yeah these weird creatures and especially when they envelop his head that part is particularly weird. Um, but also you know there's that creepy crawly you know it's, there's that scene where she's running away from Kong and uh, it's like a almost like a millipede type. Yes, thing. you know, but there's also this Komodo dragon giant yeah. Komodo dragon type things which try and, and again I had forgotten about those and realizing that those were things were 
mad, scary, and brutal. And then she, she runs away from that into the log. There's that horrible millipede that is like feeling her face again, like ah. And then another one's on her back, and, uh, and, and, and then she gets out of different. there, and it's the T Rex, you know. And that's the, uh, just that whole sequence. I mean, you've got like half an hour of like, and at the same time, you, you you've had the guys running away from the dinosaurs. Uh, and that whole dinosaur stampede with velociraptors and cliffs and all sorts, you know, um, into that. And then, you know, kind of, um, how, how did they get out of the, the bug pit again? Okay, yeah, then the guys oh, from the well, boat they get come. out of the bug pit because they're saved again by the captain right. who comes yeah. in. They start shooting all the bugs. But you can't Carl kill. Chandler is, like, swinging from the <laughs> yes. line. <laughs> Which, by the way, he's also, I mean, um, you know, how many monster features has he been in? You know, he's in King Kong as the actor, but he's also in, you know, King of Monsters and uh, is, Godzilla yeah. vs. Kong as, uh, as the dad, you know. As, oh, which guy's like, Monster American Express, that guy. Yeah, he's just exactly. cashing that back in, cashing it back in. I mean, just no one wants to be on that island. No one wants to be in the island. You've got Kong, which I feel he wouldn't be your worry, really. Then you've got all forms of probably five, six different types of dinosaurs that will eat you. Um, at least 10 to 15 different bugs that will eat you. Uh, Komodo dragons that will eat you. Um, bat creature, men creature things. Bat oh, people. Yeah. Weird thing creature the things. That, mention. Yeah, which will eat you. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the natives, who will eat you. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I uh, swamp creature that was cut will eat you. Yep. So yep. I don't feel there's many places you could possibly go. Which your life expectancy, I say, if you last a week, that's a miracle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's just say it's like you know, not ideal for tourism. You know, it, yes, not at all. You know, it's, yeah, not even a flyover. <laughs> yeah, but it's. Uh, I, but you know, having rewatched it recently, I mean, the whole island scene, I did actually like. I do relish it in terms of. I had forgotten how intense it was and how much kind of went on there and, and the creatures and stuff. And, you know, rewatching it now, you know, you, I, I do appreciate it. And then, you know, and the whole kind of thing with Kong and him fighting for, you know, Anne and, you know, it's all quite emotional. And actually when they capture him on the island, it's all quite sad, isn't it? He's, he's, he's such an expressive creature that, you know, ultimately he's, he's, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a good guy, you know, he just, he's just, He's just trying well, to do right, but, you know, what do you think? This thinks? is where kind of Andy Circus wins, um, mm. in the sense that I feel his motion capture really adds something to Kong. Yeah. Brings us back to New York when we've got the classic Kong on Empire State Building. We got, you know, we've got the classic thing that people think in their minds when you think of King Kong, Empire yeah. State Building, planes going around him. But it, in terms of bringing that character life, that emotional connection between him and Naomi Watts's character, I think you've got to give Andy Sir. You got to, obviously Peter Jackson, but you have got to give Circus and Naomi a round of applause because they really sell that. Yeah. And I know Circus has put in the work in order to like make those emotions true in what you're seeing on screen. So I would definitely say Peter Jackson's King Kong is. A, it's a experience of a film. Yeah, I don't feel it's a film that you go. This is a good film or a great film. It's just an experience. There's so many elements to it. It's three hours long. The the CGI, maybe apart from the dinosaur stampede, will stand the test of time. Yeah, and it's it's an enjoyable film. Intense film. Sometimes you'll look away, 
sometimes you're being thrilled to not look away. But yeah, for me, I feel I feel it was it was a well-rounded uh, King Kong movie. Yeah, I think you know it's yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I mean, it, it's it's again one of these, uh, as I said earlier, one of these modern epics that Peter Jackson's so good at that now you can rewatch it and have all these familiar faces. And, you know, some which went on to become even more successful. I mean, like seeing Colin Hanks in this role, you know, and seeing the actor he's become since, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of very much, uh, you know, there's a lot to enjoy of this film, a lot of great performances, as you said, CGI, the, the production of it. The, and, uh, you know, the, the kind of, ba- I mean, they spent a lot of money on it. And yeah. even watching it now, you can, you can appreciate that they spent a lot of money on it because there's lots of real sets as well as, like, the CGI. That's the thing is that, what Peter Jackson was so good at in Lord of the Rings is the balance between CGI and real sets. And he's able to do that very well in this film as well. Um, so yeah, it, I, I think, you know, it's, it's a film that thankfully, you know, they probably won't have to make, make another King Kong for, you know, of the classic variety for a little while now, uh, probably, you know, after Skull Island and King of Monsters, I think people are going to, you know, have Kong. Enough Kong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but this like, is this is the big thing after watching it is noticing or remembering how much of a different film it is to Kong Skull Island. Yeah. Because now when we take on Kong Skull Island, I think we're set in the sixties, seventies. Yeah, um, Vietnam era. Yes, Vietnam War era. So yeah. Vietnam War era. And once again, the talents there. Sam yeah. Jackson. Um Tom Hiddleston, Lee Brasson, Brie Larson. John C. Riley, John C. Riley, yeah, John so, Goodman, <laughs> yeah, John. Oh yeah, of course, John Goodman. So we've got the now all the troops, yeah, yeah. For me, Kong Skull Island. In terms of, once again, this isn't a knock on Peter Jackson's film, but Kong Skull Island, I find maybe it's because of the length, but it's just more of an enjoyable ride from start to finish. It's probably my favorite monster film. I mean, yeah, That's I mean, where I sit with it. I, I, I've mentioned this a number of times before. I think on previous podcasts, I love Kong Skull Island. I think it's just. I did not expect that film when I. I remember watching it on New Year's Day. I think here, here you go Arzif. Arzif has the floor. Um, Why do you love Kong Skull Island? Okay, so the first time I watched it was New Year's Day, I think 2018. Um, and now TV had just put it on. And I remember thinking, you know, it was early, well, it was kind of at some point in the morning, I can't remember when. And I, I wanted to watch something and Kong was there. And, you know, I didn't know what to expect from it. You know, I just wanted a, a fun kind of creature feature. And what I got was so much more than that, that I was, I was shocked by it, to be honest. I was, I was shocked for a variety of reasons. I mean, one, you know, um, from the MonsterVerse uh, films, I mean, we'd only had Godzilla come out from there. And yeah. I, you know, as we heard on the previous uh, Godzilla vs. Godzilla podcast, you know, the 2014 Godzilla, I thought, you know, kind of lacked a lot of the enjoyable kind of monster elements of it, particularly, you know, the, the slow build up over the whole film um, was just annoying, really, when you kind of want to see Godzilla. I mean, I don't think you see Godzilla until about 50 minutes in. You know, yeah. where and so you know, with Kong Skull Island, I didn't really have huge expectations, but you know, from the get go, just it just does again. It like the whole film, you know, it, it's basically <laughs> the middle part of Peter Jackson's film, but kind of you know, 
as a film, really, like much more dedicated to that in that it just does not stop. I mean, from the the start, you know, you get, um, uh, you know, John C. Riley's character fighting his, you know, j- what becomes his Japanese friend, um, you know, la- crash landing on the island, you know, at, in World War Two. They start fighting. That's already an intense fight scene between the two. They're almost, you know, stabbing each other with samurai swords and, you know, holding, you know, John C. Wright's holding the blade and bleeding out. And then all of a sudden you get Kong right away, you know, and we see a full on kind of picture of his face and his hand. And, you know, so immediately from Godzilla, you've got a completely different uh, pace of film, you know, and energy of the film. This is so much more intense and the sort of thing that you're kind of used to seeing in a monster film that you get those, those, beautiful kind of starting scenes you know which set the kind of scenarios to what's going on and whose island this is you know um and then you know from there you, you kind of just go you know in terms of john goodman's character and the kind of admin and setting up the the, the kind of backstory of the island again you know you, you get monarch kind of talking about it you know him and and, and his justifications for it and even though you know it's their quick moments i find that the, the script in the in the film was surprisingly well written you know like overall i think it's actually a very very well written script in that you have you know people always criticize you know character kind of uh character portrayals in monster films because a lot of the time monster films you know because there's so much monster action it's it's hard to, to like develop very deep characters you know um especially with films with lots of characters uh you know with king kong peter jackson's one i mean you know ultimately it's three hours long so you, that he's able to give that time to the characters but what I find in Kong Skull Island and what makes it very special is that actually the lines that the characters are given are smartly written enough to give them depth whilst also not, you know, indulging that time into them. Because ultimately, it's a two-hour film. You know, it's, it's an action kind of film. You have, as we've said, like a massive cast, as well as the monsters and all the other action that comes along with it. So you have to be very economical with those lines. And, I've, I, you know, it's Jordan Voigt Roberts who I think wrote it as well, as, as well as directed it. And the guy, you know, bef- you know, it's funny because before um, Skull Island, I think he'd only done like two films. One was uh, Kings of Summer, which is essentially like you know an indie coming of age film, brilliant, brilliant film. You know, and the other one was Nick Offerman's live DVD comedy DVD. You know, and then he went into Kong, Kong Skull Island, so it kind of reminds me of Gareth Edwards. You know, well, this Do- is the thing. This seems to be a very much a trait. Yeah. And I feel this also happened most recently with Godzilla versus Kong. If you'll find then the director of that film had only done a couple of a lot smaller budgeted horror movies. Yeah, exactly. And and I think, you know, with Jordan Boyd's Robert, like kind of background in, in doing those indie films and those kind of, you know, personal things um, to then bring that to a big creature epic like this, it works very effectively. And as I said, like the script is very well done and, and the shots throughout the film are beautiful, you know, uh, I mean, again, it's it's a sort of film that I kind of look at it and you can pause it anywhere and that could be a poster for the film, you know. That's, you know, when I think about, like, just how kind of much care has gone into the, the, the cinematography and the, and, and the setup of, of, of the, the island and the creatures and everything. I mean, it, it really, there was really a lot of care done into it. And, you know, so I, watching it for the first time, I, I did not expect any of this. And throughout the film, it, you know, as I said, it just, it just doesn't stop in terms of, um, the insight you get into it, there's, you know, moral questioning from the soldiers and what they're doing and whether that's right or wrong, you know, in terms of making enemies out of people who were just there, you know. Um, and, um, yeah, and, and of course, you know, you've got like Samuel L. Jackson's character and reflecting of the Vietnam War and how the fact that, you know, that he's 
he's bitter that you know America have lost this war, and actually he's kind of saying that they didn't lose it; they've just decided to pull out. And you can see that you know kind of unchecked aggression that is you know he's not you know. Um, it's it's also a, it's a it's a classic. It's a um, it's a story which has been told before and will always be told because it's always a thing that is. Uh, prominent in soldiers coming back from war and kind of feeling uh, an emptiness or a sense of worth so much that they had so much pressure and um, kind of control or hierarchy given to them in that situation and you've taken them out of that situation they kind of feel lost almost you know they don't know what to do with themselves so Sam Jackson plays that role well but not only that he's a brilliant villain yeah yeah he adds a great story beat to the overall picture of kong skull island which i think very much is a massive helping hand to the overall film definitely i mean him as a villain as well he's not an obvious villain as well again it's (coughs) as we've just discussed you know in the falcon and winter soldier with like moral quandaries and stuff i mean yeah He's a moral yeah, villain, almost. Exactly. You you have so many like moral um, angles coming at it, and as you said, with with that kind of coming home from war and and feeling unjustified, or and that was the thing is that you know with the Vietnam Vietnam War, it was you know that was the worst kind of that it almost ever really got for America and the returning soldiers because there was so much protest against them and they would they didn't return as heroes; they kind of returned as villains. So <clears throat> to kind of reflect that in Samuel L. Jackson's character in a new scenario, but like set at the same time, I thought it was a really smart kind of way to tell the story that you're actually, you know, you're making it kind of contemporary relevant as well as then like looping it into like a fantasy element. Um, and so, you know, tying those things together and then, you know, they kind of experience on the Island, as I said, like, you know, meeting the people, meeting the creatures, like fighting creatures at first that they think are hostile. I mean, you know, I, again, the moment that, you know, one of the greatest things is, as soon as they take off from the boat and they start flying through the storm from then until about 20 minutes later, you know, it doesn't really stop. You know, you, yeah. you, you go through the storm that, you know, you, which is intense. And Samuel Jackson's giving that epic speech about, you know, American steel, like taking them through uh, with, you know, in comparison to the wings of Icarus, which, you know, makes them fall into the sea. Um, and then they, you know, land on the Island. It's beautiful. It looks amazing. It's exotic. They start doing the kind of dropping the bombs, the experiments to Sabbath, you know, which is so epic. Again, great soundtrack throughout the film. Really, yeah. really cool songs. Brilliant, brilliant shout to like Apocalypse Now, I very much yeah. feel. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So it's, exactly, especially with the helicopters. And and, yeah. and then you get that first scene with Kong, which is just, <coughs> I mean, you know, it comes at you like, you know, like a palm tree through your helicopter window, you know, it's just, it really comes out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden you're thrown into this action where it's just like, they're they're like back at war again, you know, but within even kind of more mysterious and, and exciting and, you know, scary villain. I mean, like creature to fight against. And I mean, that scene, oh, it's just so intense. It's, it's like a war scene, you know, with a, with a monster in it. And, both things are kind of true to it you know that you know from the soldiers kind of you know flying out the helicopters and you know uh, to kong just kind of getting cut up by the blades i mean all of it is so well balanced that actually it works so well and the shooting and the acting and whoa just so much excitement so much excitement characters as well in this characters are done dealt with so well 
no one's given too much focus not in the sense of too much focus we need to find out more about them but in the sense that everyone gets the right amount of time for you to understand their deal and understand where they fit in this film tom hiddleston plays like essentially not really that much of a leading role it's very much an ensemble everyone from hiddleston larson john goodman and samuel jackson we're all getting kind of yeah yeah yeah. we're we're all getting the same john c riley um same time here to kind of help this it's all for the story and one thing that kong skull island does hands down brilliantly is humor John C. Riley's Riley's character, John C. Riley, one of my favourite comedic actors over the past decade or so, once because he's so subtle sometimes in his comedy. Sometimes it's just like a facial expression almost, or just the way he delivers a line which shouldn't be comedic in any form at all, but is just in how he delivers it, how he sounds. His character is, I feel, a bit of a masterstroke in the whole arc of this film, Because it adds something in there. And obviously it ties us back to the way we open the film. But it just adds something. Yeah. It adds new energy. It adds new energy in the film. If you ever felt the film was lagging, which it never does. But it just, it almost gives like a, gives a serum boost. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Back to Winter Soldier. But that's what it does. It gives that like boost to the film that didn't really need. But it just takes it to that next level. It also like infuses energy into the backstory of the island and Kong and you know yeah. and John C. Riley. Like the fact that, yeah, exactly. The en- the film doesn't need the energy, but like it, it almost like carries it into this new kind of uh, plot development point that you know you, he you know you discover the people of the island and the way he kind of doesn't speak with them and <laughs> but yet speaks with them. Um, and then, you know, the history, like, within the boat and seeing, you know, and how they've kind of fought and the, the skull crawlers and stuff like that. And again, like, you know, when he says first says skull crawlers and he's like, I've never actually said that out loud and now it sounds kind of stupid. And yeah, that's what, you know, they're called. And they're like, yeah, okay. And again, it's funny, but it doesn't take away from the seriousness. Of the, and, and that's why I'm so impressed about with this film in that it can, you know, it infuses so many different beats effortlessly. Um, and another kind of, um, kind of almost like unintentional kind of comedy roles are the soldiers, you know, the Vietnam like soldiers in the squadron, you know, um, I mean, the, the actors are Jason Mitchell, Shea Wiggum, who plays, uh, you know, Earl Cole, who's the guy who sacrifices himself later on. And I think he's actually a really great kind of actor and character yeah. throughout the, the, you know, and he's the one who talks about, you know, getting the AK-47 from the Vietnamese villager. And I thought that was a great little story that he's able to like, move along and you know provide context to the situation and move it along and make it relevant as well to us and so you know all those soldiers and also you know um is it yeah uh, uh slifko as well played by thomas mann he's like very funny you know you know names the boat the plot um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean those guys you know again like limited time on screen but everything they do is like funny it's kind of real it, it, it's you know they're young guys in vietnam and but then having to face against a, like a giant monkey, and when you know when they see him, they're all like, "Is that is that a giant monkey? Like what? Yeah. Like and you know and so you know I love all those characters in terms of how again that energy they infuse into it and the, the context they add to then move it along and make the film relevant to you as an audience and what you know in those kind of wartime situations really. Um, so yeah, there's I mean 
there's really for me not a lot to kind of knock in Kong Skull Island. I mean, the way that it develops as well. Um, I love that, like we, you know, we were saying with the with uh, the Peter Jackson King Kong. I mean, for me, the the island in Skull Island is beautifully portrayed as well. I love the creatures that they show, the giant spider, the giant you know bull that comes out of the water. Um, mm. There's just skull uh, crawlers, of yeah. course, the skull crawlers. I mean, there's just these. You know the 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 tree bug thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, stick insect, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like a giant stick insect, basically. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it, it's just it, the way it, we the they're weaved in without having to necessarily be like an action point where you know you have got like a, a massive chase scene or a stampede or something. Rather, yeah. it's kind of like creepy and effectively done. Like I love when the spider is in the bamboo forest. Yes. And then all of a sudden it starts spiking soldiers and you're like, what the hell is that? And then yeah. they look up and it's the spider, which is then shooting tentacles down at them. And I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's just a, a really creative way of just giant taking... Giant squid as well. We get a giant, brief oh, giant, yeah, giant squid, squid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that um, Kong eats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little bit of a, you know, sashimi for Kong on a, you know, Saturday morning. Um, yeah, the, it's just... What I love is that or not all the creatures are like threatening. You just also get like this kind of air of exploration and discovery um which is also really cool and and you know and again you know like for example when they kind of see that giant bull thing come out of the water and you've got those kind of elements of you know the the messages that the film is showing that you know violence isn't always the answer you know the fact that Hiddleston tells you know Slipko's character to you know um put the gun down don't shoot and it, you know and then things are all right from that and that's the point of it that you know <laughs> don't fight something that you don't know its strength essentially you know yeah. and and that's kind of the mistake they make with kong that they try and kill it and you know and he takes them all out and and you know samuel jackson's burning revenge from the vietnam war carries over into this new conflict and yeah. it, you know it's all so simply laid out there and that's what i love about this film is that there's kind of no pretension it's, it's kind of it feels surface level but then everything on the surface is so well thought out that it adds this natural depth to it, you know. Like I said, like with the with the script, with the acting, with the the creatures and the way that they kind of bring them and, and use them on screen, and then you know the way that the things build up and actually that yeah, like you know, you know, in King Kong, essentially Kong, you know, you, it's kind of morally questionable because Kong is kind of the the evil villain, but then the humans become the villain, and you know, in the way that they treat him. But actually, you know, with Kong Skull Island, I mean. The, the humans were always kind of the villains, you know, since Vietnam, you know, it starts with like that you have this kind of senseless war and then it kind of carries over into this island, which they don't really know much about. Like nothing really attacks them. They attack yeah. it, you know. Um, it, it leaves me in a sense where the same when we were talking about the two Godzilla films in the sense that Godzilla 2014 and the 90s Godzilla if the 90s Godzilla comes on TV, I'll quite happily watch it. If the 2014 one comes, I'm not too sure I would. Not that it's bad in the sense, it's just some. It's a harder film to jump into. Yeah. Um, King Kong, if it comes on TV, I'm probably not going to watch it for a while again. It's nothing against Peter Jackson's King Kong, but it's just like, it's such a commitment to kind of yeah. sit and watch it. Kong Skull Island... I'm 100% just going to watch it probably later on this year and and probably again next year. It's just a very enjoyable adventure ride which ticks a lot of boxes and from yeah. from start to finish it it's a thoroughly good time. 
yeah, it it it's, it just doesn't relent. And, and you know, as we've said, like great performances from all the actors, a great lineup, a very well written script, <coughs> beautifully directed. As a monster flick, it holds up so well because you get plenty of monsters from the beginning, and then like you know, the scenes you get later on are just as exciting as the ones at the beginning. All the other creatures are, are awesome and, and cool and have their place. And yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's a fun adventure film, you know, for, especially for something that takes place all on Skull Island. Whereas, you know, with the other Kongs, you know, as we've said, like you get the kind of pre-island and post-island. This is all pretty much mostly island. Um, you get a little bit of pre-island, of course, to add the context, but the fact that it's mostly on the island and, and you have so much kind of resolution in the story as well, it's just, uh, yeah, it's great, you know, <laughs> so great. It's, it's great, guys, just go and watch it. Oh, what so I would fun. say is if they're ever thinking about doing a sequel to Kong at any point in time, you don't need to jump into modern times, set it in the 80s, set it yeah. back on the island because there's so much to explore there. You can do another island in the same way the Jurassic Park movies can keep going back if you yeah. tell the story right and you get the characters right, then the story will work and it and will actually, be enjoyable. And what's great about Skull Island is that it's it's a great film in the MonsterVerse series as a whole. That it adds like a lot of uh, story context to the, to yeah, the world it of it, and in terms of the Hollow Earth stuff, um, which of course you know gets into it in Godzilla and versus Kong, um, which I'm sure you know there are. Plenty of people out there questioning the Hollow Earth stuff after watching the film. Uh, uh, but Kong Skull Island addresses it in a way which doesn't throw up too many questions, you know, um, in comparison. So, it's a, yeah, it's a great film. And and again, you know, it has lots of similar elements to the classic King Kong. You know, you've got the Skull Island. You've got um, uh, just this you know, Kong ruling it and the creatures there and... and Kind of, and the, the the native people and things like that. But what I like about Skull Island is that it 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 uses those and takes them in a different direction, which I think works very effectively and well, and is it's creative enough to stand by itself. Whereas you know, King Kong is very much a a great you know interpretation of the classic Kong story, um, which we've seen so many times. So they're both yeah. great films, but they offer completely different things. And yeah, I mean, you know, as we've said, I think you know. We both agree that they're both very much worth a watch. Maybe Kong Skyline and a bit more in some ways. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, thanks to uh, uh, people who are listening out there. Thanks for joining us for another monster episode. We will come back with another monster episode because we will do Godzilla King of the Monsters and uh, Godzilla versus Kong. And, and yeah, it was always fun chatting about it. So see you next time, guys. guys thanks for listening to another episode of jedi order podcast don't forget to like comment and subscribe and may the force be with you